0: to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hello, hello, Sarah McKenzie here. This is episode 90 of the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. If you're looking for ideas of books or Bibles to tuck into your child's Easter basket, you're in for a treat today. I've got a handful of recommendations for each age group. So if you're looking for Bible recommendations or books or bookish accessories to tuck into your child's Easter basket, we'll have you covered. You'll find links to everything we mentioned on today's show in the show notes. That's at readaloudrevival.com slash 90. And hey, if you haven't looked at those in a while, go check them out because we have rebooted our show notes and they're pretty awesome. What you'll find in the show notes is a timestamped listener guide. And that has basically these timestamps where you can hop around to different parts of the podcast, which is perfect if you're short on time or if you wanted to listen to a particular part again. We've got really detailed notes, some of the best quotes pulled out, links to everything we talk about and a full transcript. (laughs) So they're pretty awesome. That's readaloudrevival.com slash 90 to get to today's. Today on the show, after we talk about Easter book basket ideas for your young readers, you're going to get to hear from a brand new children's book author about her debut picture book, which just recently came out. So it's a packed episode today. You ready? Let's do this. All right, we're going to start with ideas for your very youngest kids' Easter baskets. These recommendations are perfect for kids up to age three. My favorite read-aloud Bible stories for kids under three are the read-aloud Bible stories written by Ella K. Lindfall, illustrated by H. Kent Puckett. Remember that these links are going to be in the show notes. So if you just go to readaloudrevival.com slash 90, you'll be able to, you don't have to jot all these down. We took notes for you and you can just click right through to them. These read-aloud Bible stories are really well done. They've won all kinds of awards (laughs) for a reason. There's several volumes of them. And really the reason that they're so delightful is the illustrations, the the really simple text pulls just, it's just wonderful to read aloud. It'll hold your very youngest one's attention. But then the illustrations, they're different than anything you've ever seen before. They kind of give you a different perspective, help you read a Bible story from a perspective maybe you hadn't before. I have found them to be very wonderful to read with my little kids, and I, I don't ever get tired of them. I believe Carol Joy Side recommended them to me first, and that would have been on a very old episode of the Read Aloud Revival podcast. And then I got them and totally love them. Another favorite of mine for the youngest set are books by Sally Lloyd Jones. And you're going to hear her name a lot today because she's written a lot of books that are pretty much perfect fits for lots of different age kids, Easter baskets. But the ones I want to talk about for the very youngest kids, there are three. One is called Found, Psalm 23. And this is a board book that tells Psalm 23 with illustrations by Jago. He's the one who did the illustrations for the Jesus Storybook Bible, along with Sally Lloyd-Jones Storybook Bible as well. And it's basically a version of Psalm 23 that is really comforting and sweet and well done for young, young children. And another one that's in that same series, I guess, I don't know if they're official series or not, but it sure looks like it, is called Loved, The Lord's Prayer. And it's the same thing. It's a board book that takes the Lord's Prayer and offers it to the very, very youngest babies and toddlers with great illustrations. So Found and Loved, those are both by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Another one I really like by Sally Lloyd-Jones for this age, and even for kids a little older than this, in fact, is Bunny's First Spring. This is a sweet, sweet story about how the world's rebirth assures us of something more. So after the death of the earth in the winter, when it comes back to life in the spring, that speaks to something deeper (laughs) that is perfect for sharing on Easter. This one is a, I don't think this one comes as a board book. I think it's only a picture book with hardback that has, you know, pages. You could read it with an under three. You could also read it with kids older than that, for sure. Whimsical, whimsical, beautiful illustrations by David McPhail. Really love that one. Bunny's First Spring. And another one that I really, really like we've had on our shelf. We've had this book on our shelf for quite a long time is The Easter Story. It's we have the board book version. I think there's a few different versions. We have the board book. It's by Patricia A. Pingree, and the illustrations are done by Marianne Utt. And it's a very brief retelling of the very first Easter. It it gives us a picture of Jesus's ministry through the crucifixion and the resurrection. And one of the things I really appreciate about this board book with my very, very young ones is that the illustrations are not at all gruesome or disturbing to a very young child. I mean, they are disturbing because it is a disturbing story, but they're disturbing in a good way. They're not They're not gory at all. Not that kind of disturbing. And so I really like this one. And we've had this one for a long time. I don't remember where we first got it, but it's been a staple in our home for a long time. Okay, let's move on to a few books that are good recommendations for kids about age four to seven. The Jesus Storybook Bible is easily my favorite Bible to recommend for kids. There are several different versions. I love the gift edition. It's gorgeous. The cover is gorgeous. Um, But there's an ordinary edition that's also lovely. We have that one. There's a deluxe edition that comes with the CDs because the audio of the Jesus Storybook Bible is really well done as well. You won't go wrong with any version that you get. My very favorite we'll put in the show notes. It's the gift edition because it's the most beautiful, (laughs) I think. This is written by Sally Lloyd-Jones, illustrated by Jago. And I just love the Jesus Storybook Bible. Another one I like for this age is the story of the Easter Robin by Dandy Daly McCall, illustrated by Anna Vojtek. Sure, I'm butchering her last name. I'm a little bit picky with Easter books because I don't want them to be overly preachy. And I want them to be beautiful and stir up wonder and adoration in my kids without talking down to them or making it sound like a Sunday school lesson. So this book does that really, really well. It's captivating. And it's a story of compassion. It's a story of faith. And it's a perfect story for Easter basket. Another one I like for this age is Tasha Tudor's A Tale for Easter. I love everything by Tasha Tudor. There's nothing I don't love that she made while she was still alive. She made some beautiful books for kids. A Tale for Easter is a sweet book. It's very simple, but her illustrations are just lovely. And I think it'd be a good one to tuck into a basket, an Easter basket for sure. And then another one is Simon and the Easter Miracle. This is a traditional tale. It's written by Mary Jocelyn, who's written some really good books for kids. This one's illustrated by Anna Larashi. And it's basically a it's a retelling of this traditional European tale. And it tells the meaning of the first Easter, so it is not a a play by play telling of the Easter story like a literal account of Jesus's ministry, death, and resurrection. It is instead metaphorical. You can almost think of it as like a folk tale that cuts right to the heart of what Easter means. It's beautiful. Lots of symbols in here. This one is not as abundantly available. So, for example, my my own. Library doesn't carry it, but it was worth adding to our shelf. So it's a great one to tuck into the basket. Just like you're going to get to meet a debut author a little bit later on in today's show, next week, I'm bringing you another picture book author that I want you to meet. That's Matthew Paul Turner. And he is the author of When God Made You and When God Made Light. I love these books. They're beautiful. They're poetic. They feature diverse characters in just ordinary everyday life. Well, I don't even know if that's fair. They're not ordinary everyday. They're very whimsical, fantastical, beautiful picture books. And I think either When God Made You or When God Made Light would make wonderful books to talk into an Easter basket. There's another When God Made You that I love. So there's one by Matthew Paul Turner, illustrated by David Coutreau. And that's the one you're going to we'll talk about next week again. But that's when God made you and when God made light. But there's another one by Jane G. Meyer that I adore. It's called When God Made You. It's illustrated by Megan Elizabeth Gilbert. And, well, let me just read a portion. When God made Alina, he pulled moonlight from the north, starlight from the south, sunlight from the east, and candlelight from the west. He planted the four lights around the steadfast soil of her soul and beaming with gladness. God said, Alina, pray. Basically, each page spread is a new child in a different setting around the world who is made specially by God with this unique set of talents and gifts to offer the world. Things they're interested in, things they're talented with. It's a short little poem of how God breathed those talents into the child and then said to the child, make your art, write your story, play your instrument say your prayers. All these beautiful, it's so beautiful. It is probably one of the most beautiful picture books I've ever seen. It's called When God Made You, written by Jane G. Meyer, illustrated by Megan Elizabeth Gilbert. Definitely check that one out. Another gorgeous book is In the Candles Glow. This one is by Elizabeth Crispina Johnson. It's illustrated by Amandine Wannert. Ancient Faith Publishing puts this book out. They also put out that book, When God Made You by Jane G. Dyer. They have this knack for really beautiful, lyrical, poetic text married to absolutely stunning illustrations. I mean, really, nobody does illustrations like Ancient Faith Publishing's picture books. They're gorgeous. In the Candles Glow features a beekeeper. And it's a beautiful story about prayer and the beauty of the earth and the work we do with the earth all around us. I don't want to give away too much, but if you head to the show notes, you'll see the cover right away because I bet it will catch your attention, even amidst all the other books tucked in there. Okay, so now let's move on to recommendations for kids about ages 8 to 12. And remember that these age recommendations are really squishy. (laughs) So a really good book appeals to kids of multiple ages. And there aren't really books that are just for eight to twelves. I'm just giving recommendations that will appeal to certain age groups particularly. So that being said, eight to twelves. One of my favorite collections of Bible stories to read to kids this age are by Amy Steedman. These ones are published by Sophia Institute Press. It's called the Read Aloud Book of Bible Stories. I love to read that with kids in this age group, really kids from, I'd say, seven to 12 to 14, would really enjoy it. There's lyrical language, rich storytelling. They're told conversationally, and I really appreciate that. I think it makes for a great read aloud and discussion starter with kids. Again, that's Read Aloud Book of Bible Stories. Another Bible I really like for this age is the Ergemeyer Bible Storybook. This is written by Elsie Ergemeyer. You'll never be able to spell it, so make sure you check out the show notes. (laughs) They're illustrated by Clive Upton, and the stories of the Bible are told in chronological order in this version. I like to hand this one to my independent readers, but it also makes for a really great read aloud. And you can read it with older kids and younger kids than this particular age group. My son loves the Action Bible by Doug Moss and Sergio Cariello. This is basically the Bible in graphic novel form. And so your kids could read it on their own. There's also a really well done audio version of it that they could listen to. So sometimes my son likes to listen to it while he's reading, while he's looking at the pictures. And because it's graphic novel, there's a lot of really detailed illustrations in there. And it makes for just, it's just great because then he can focus on looking at the pictures while he's listening to the stories. There's lots of different versions. There's devotional version. There's a storybook Bible version. So check it out. The Action Bible, really like those. And I know lots of boys who do, and girls too, for sure. But especially boys will like to get their hands on that. And The Bible made it into one of my son's picture, I mean, Easter baskets one year, and then the devotional version (laughs) made it in another year. So I'm obviously a fan. Now, not just Bibles, but a lot of times stories, fictional stories can make wonderful Easter basket gifts, especially if you're trying to find something religious or that will sort of inspire the wonder and awe of God's amazing love. There are novels, I was gonna say picture books, there are picture books that do that too, but we're gonna talk about novels. (laughs) There's some wonderful novels you can tuck into your child's Easter basket, especially if they don't need a new Bible or if you're happy with the Bibles that you have for your kids and you just wanna tuck something else for them to read or to read aloud together. So for kids eight to 12 or so, I would recommend Henry and the Chalk Dragon and The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic. Both of those are written by Jennifer Trafton, and you're not going to read them and think this is a Christian book, but I can tell you (laughs) they're lovely stories that really point to truth and goodness and beauty and the beauty we were created to make and bring into our world. Henry and the Chalk Dragon is her newest one, and then The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic is her older one. Both of them are wonderful. If you want something to laugh, If you need some comic relief in your family, don't miss The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic. It's hilarious and really fun to read aloud. You could read aloud that one with everybody from your five-year-old to your 15-year-old. Everybody will enjoy it. Now let's go on to teens. And I actually don't have specific teen Bible recommendations because in my home, we generally have our teens reading and reading aloud from whatever version that we use in our home. And that's what I would encourage you to do as well, to give your kids Bibles, that are in the version that your church and family uses to study God's word. And so I'm going to give you some recommendations for other books that aren't Bibles for your teens. One of them, we're going to go back to Sally Lloyd-Jones. It's called The Story of God's Love for You. Here's the secret. It's the Jesus Storybook Bible without the pictures. It's just the text of the Jesus Storybook Bible. But if you've read the Jesus Storybook Bible, you know it's very profound. The way Sally Lloyd-Jones, has written it is just incredible. So I'll tell you a little story. One of my favorite people is a sweet older lady who comes to our house every once in a while to help me. She helped me a lot when we first had the twins, the twins who are now four and a half. When I was first pregnant with them and needed a lot of help, she would come and help me with the kids. and. So she's become kind of an adopted grandma in our home. And so she comes to the kids' piano recitals and sports events and brings them, you know, St. Nicholas gifts and cookies and treats and just comes and plays with them. We love her. Her name is Rosalie, and we adore her. And recently, we were at a piano recital, and I had brought Bibles for my little kids to look at during the piano recital to keep them quiet. And so Rosalie had one of the twins on her lap, and they, he was flipping through the Jesus Storybook Bible. And she ended up reading it over his shoulder silently to herself and was so struck by it, she asked if she could borrow it. She took it and she read it and she even used it in her Bible study group. She brought it back to me recently and said, this is the best retelling of Bible stories. And I mean, she's a grown woman, right? And I have heard this countless times and I would agree that sometimes the way Sally has rewritten the Bible stories for the Jesus Storybook Bible is exactly what my heart needs. And clearly I'm not alone because they republished the Jesus Storybook Bible as a book. It looks like a paperback trade nonfiction book, but it's called The Story of God's Love for You. And it is the text from the Jesus Storybook Bible. And I think you could tuck that into any child's Easter basket age, you know, 7 all the way through their teens and not tell them what it is <laughs> and they'll read it and it will be beautiful and they will love it. And so and you might enjoy it too. The story of God's love for you. And another one is Thoughts that Make Your Heart Sing. And I shouldn't actually put this in the teen section because it's probably perfect for kids like 6 to 12. But Thoughts that Make Your Heart Sing are devotional thoughts in Sally's beautiful, deep, profound, and poetic way of writing. And so we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Okay, but back to teens. So I'm going to recommend The Wing Feather Saga by Andrew Peterson, which is fantasy. Think Lord of the Rings meets the Princess Bride. That's how Andrew Peterson himself describes it. I think it's very accurate. This is a set of books, stories that are about the same tone and reading level as Lord of the Rings. Fantasy, they're more intense than The Chronicles of Narnia, which would also, by the way, I should have mentioned those earlier. Chronicles of Narnia would make a great Easter basket gift, too. I'm going to have to stop this. right? You guys are going to have a 100 ideas. (laughs) Wing Feather Saga would make a great Easter basket gift. This is a story that your kids will not even know how much truth (laughs) they are uncovering as they read it because it's not at all preachy. It's just a glorious, glorious series. A wonderful to set into an Easter basket. I would say for any kids who are 10 and up but I, my teens really, really love the Wing Feather Saga. Another one is the Wilder King Trilogy. And you've heard me talk to Jonathan Rogers before. He came on, I think it was episode 63, to talk about the Wilder King Trilogy, which was one of my very favorite finds last year when I was reading. I just, I just absolutely love this trilogy. It starts with a book called The Bark of the Bog Owl. And I think it's one of those sets of books that's better if you don't know much about it before you start reading. So I'm not going to give you much description. But I can tell you that these books made Jonathan Rogers one of my very favorite living authors. I adore them. My kids adore them. If you have not introduced the Wilder King trilogy to your kids yet, put it in their Easter baskets. Any kids nine and up in your teens, oh my gosh, your teens will love it. Okay. And then another one is the Green Ember series. The Green Ember, Ember Falls, Ember Rising. There are some other short stories like The Last Archer and The Black Star of Kingston that go along with them. It's basically a whole universe. and. Read Aloud Revival listeners love these books. So if you haven't gotten your hands on Green Ember books, the first one you want to read or to give your kids is called The Green Ember. So you don't want to get any of the short stories or the prequels or sequels or anything like that until you've read The Green Ember. And that would make a really great Easter basket gift. If you have teens who've already read the Wilder King trilogy and loved it, I would really recommend The Charlatan's Boy, also by Jonathan Rogers. It's set in the same world as the Wilder King Trilogy, but it's not part of the series. Like It's a whole separate story. You don't have to read the Wilder King Trilogy first, but I definitely would. And The Charlatan's Boy, I don't think it's even young adult. I think it might be an adult novel, but it's perfectly acceptable for a teenager. I loved reading it. And if you have a, a teen who has read, say, Wingfeather Saga and Wilder King Trilogy and Green Ember and want something more, I would recommend The Charlatan's Boy by Jonathan Rogers. Now, outside of just book recommendations, there's a few other accessories you can put into, tuck into your Easter baskets for your young readers. And my three favorite, I recommend it at Christmas. I'm going to recommend again now because if your kids don't have them, it's a great time to sort of boost their reading life by helping them with some good resources. One is a good book light. My kids always take a good book light to bed with them and they read before they go to sleep. I will link in the show notes to my favorite kind of book light, although I've also heard people use headlamps. Heather Woody, who's in our Read Aloud Revival member, premium member forum, recommends headlamps because their batteries last way longer. And I think that's kind of brilliant to give your kids a headlamp to read with at night. We have book lights, but you know, when those finally die, and they always do after a while, I may replace them with headlamps. Another idea is our Read Aloud Revival custom book bags. These are heavy duty canvas book bags metal grommets because we know how many books you're hauling to and from the library. They have an inner pocket that zips to put your library card in. And they're definitely Read Aloud Revival listener favorites. We'll put those in the show notes as well. Book darts are my favorite. I love giving them. (laughs) I love giving them out. I love filling my house with them. I never read without book darts anymore. If you haven't heard of book darts yet, well, you're about to love me. We'll put a link in the show notes. These are really thin metal arrows, basically, that you slide onto the pages of your book. They don't crimp your pages. They don't permanently mar your books. You can do this to library books, to your own books, to mark specific passages you don't want to forget or you want to come back to. Book darts are always a favorite gift and this perfect thing to talk into an Easter basket. Okay, I hope that gave you some ideas for all the different ages and that you found something that you can talk into an Easter basket for your young readers. Hang tight, because in just a minute, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who's written her very first picture book. That will be just a moment right after this message. We'll get back to today's episode in just a moment, but I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you know about the Read Aloud family. This is a new book I wrote just for you. Here's what I know. You will never ever regret the time you spend reading to your kids. Connecting deeply with our families can be kind of difficult, right? In our really busy and technology-driven world. But reading aloud is one of the best ways to be fully present with our kids, even after they can read to themselves. In the new book, The Read Aloud Family, you'll find the inspiration you need to start a read aloud movement in your own home. You'll discover how to prepare your kids for academic success how to develop their empathy and compassion all through Reading Aloud. You're going to learn how to find time to read aloud in the midst of your really busy day, school, sports, dinner dishes, all those pressures on your time and attention. And you'll learn how to choose books across a variety of sibling interests and ages. The best part is that you'll discover how to make Reading Aloud the very best part of your family's day. The Read Aloud family also offers age-appropriate book lists from infancy all the way through adolescence. So, From a toddler's wonder to your teenager's resistance, you're gonna discover practical strategies to make reading aloud a meaningful family ritual. The book releases wherever books are sold, March 27th, 2018. But if you order the book before March 27th, you're gonna get some extra gifts. And I am so excited. Zondervan, let me do this because I made you a brand new video masterclass to show you how to choose books for your kids. So, you know that feeling when you walk into a library or a bookstore or maybe you're cruising around online or something, and you don't know if a book is worth your time or attention or your child's time and attention, in this video masterclass, you're going to find out exactly which two characteristics make a book worth reading, and you'll find out the three-question test I use to decide if a book deserves a place on my family's reading stack. So order The Read Aloud Family before March 27th, 2018 to get a promo code to access that masterclass for free. I am thrilled Zondervan is letting me do that. Go to TheReadAloudFamily.com to grab your copy. I can't wait to get it in your hands. Lindsay Davis is a correspondent for ABC News who's received several honors for her reporting, including a couple of Emmy Awards. She's covered major news stories around the globe, but today she's here to talk to us about her brand new picture book, The World is Awake, A Celebration of Everyday Blessings, published by Zondervan, which is part of HarperCollins Christian Publishing. I've got the book right in front of me as we speak, and it's just lovely. It's a celebration of God's world from the nature we find in our own backyards to the wonder of creatures at the zoo and the relationships around us. The illustrations are done by Lucy Fleming. They're bright, they're bold. It's just a lovely book. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us here at the Read Aloud Revival.
1: Sarah, thank you so much for having me. I couldn't be more excited about this new project. Tell me about what compelled you to write the book. Well, I guess it's kind of twofold. One is almost four years ago, I had a little boy. And so that was really the first time that I actually started reading children's books. I mean, of course, I had read them and been read the books when I was a little kid, but just really hadn't picked up a child's book or children's book in maybe, you know, 30 years or so. And so in having my son, and then really paying attention to the kinds of things that we were reading to him and buying for him, it made me realize that there was something missing, that it wasn't so easy to find a particular kind of book. And ultimately, I decided, well, I guess I'll Try my hand at writing a book. And so that's what I did. So it's kind of like two things. One is really initially I was trying to get him some books that would really introduce him to God as a toddler. And so it was actually something that he said to me one day, the woman who watches him during the day while I'm at work, she has a real green thumb. And so they go out and they're really one with nature and they garden. And so one day in the car, he said to me, Mommy, did did does God open up the flowers? And I thought about it for a minute. I was, I said, yes, he does. And and he proceeded to ask me another a number of questions about, you know, what he thinks and what he perceives as as God's presence in the world around us. And I felt like that was key. Like this is a way for, and at the time he was just two years old. So for a two year old to kind of have this introduction to who God is. And this, it's a very mysterious person who he really wants to see. And is he in the clouds? And you know, and you know, where is he? And, and he wants to know, like, what does he do? And what does he look like? And it touched me when he said, "Does God open the flowers?" He's in the, the the painting of the sunrise and and the sunset, and and he's in you know the animals and and all these things that we see every day. And so it was really kind of me having you know a two year old. And three-year-old kind of guide me through revisiting. Yes, that is God's handiwork right there. There, that is an example of of the presence of God in the everyday. And so that's why you know we have just underneath the title, you know, the world is awake, and that it's a celebration of
0: everyday blessings. You said there was a couple of things you were looking for in books, or that you didn't find in books when you were reading with your son. Was there anything else? So since I've been
1: going down this process. And so I've been a news person, a journalist, a reporter, correspondent, however you want to call me, for the last 20 years. But this is my first foray into, you know, becoming an author and kind of throwing that hat on. And um, so it's just really been interesting to kind of go down that road and research and and just see, you know, kind of the background of of children's books, which, again, is just something I I just started exploring recently. And especially because so my son is African-American. And when I started researching the idea of there's just like, if you go and you look for um, books where the characters are black, it, it's really difficult to find. I mean, thank God for the internet, because that makes it a little bit easier. But when I started researching it, I came across some statistics that was like more than 90% of the protagonists in children's picture books are white. And so and that clearly is not reflective of, you know, if you look at the statistics, it suggests that 50% of America's children are not white. So it's just not, and, it, and, and you can also look at the, the research and studies to suggest how detrimental that is and problematic that is for kids to grow up reading books that they don't see themselves reflected in. And I ended up finding more research to support the idea that every children's book needs two things. They need a window and they need a mirror. They need a mirror to be able to reflect themselves and they need a window to see outside of themselves and see the world around them that they normally wouldn't get to see. And so I think that that's what we've really tried to accomplish with the world is awake because this isn't just about black children. It's you know we have everybody in this book reflected. They're white kids, they're Asian kids, they're ambiguous kids, they're just multicultural kids. And and just shopping for books for my fun my son, I found that need. I'm just not seeing characters that look like him. And that's another hope that I I hope that the people who are reading this and you know, being read to, that they're going to just, see, these are just kids. You know, I don't want white children to look at them and and think anything differently than they're just enjoying a children's book, you know, but in the meantime, subliminally, they're taking in a diverse, diverse population of people. And I think that that's so important, especially in our times right now, because it's often things that we're not familiar with that we decide that we don't like, and they are too different from us.
0: Oh, so true. Okay, so I'm going to link to the article. I'm so glad you brought up the windows and mirrors. I love this idea. Rudine Sims Bishop wrote this article called Windows, Mirrors and Sliding Glass Doors in which she talked about the need for kids to see themselves in the stories and also to see life from another point of view. And I the first person who ever mentioned this to me was Gracelyn, who's written some wonderful books, um, like Chinese folktale type middle grade novels. We've had her on the Read Aloud Revival before. We just love her. She told me when I was chatting with her that Growing up in America, she was the only Chinese kid in her entire school. And she was a voracious reader, but she never read a single book about a child that she could identify with because none of the characters in the books were Chinese. And so she has grown to write and then grew up and then now writes these amazing books featuring Chinese American kids. Just wonderful stories. And She introduced me to that whole windows and mirrors and sliding glass doors. I'm going to put a link to the article in case any of our listeners haven't seen it and want to hear it. And also to Grace Lynn's TEDx talk where she talks about the importance of having windows and mirrors. I'm so glad you brought that up, Lindsay, because there is a real need for us to have more books that feature diverse characters that aren't issue-based books. Many picture books and, and middle grade novels that feature diverse characters, they highlight social issues or historical events or racial tension. And those are obviously incredibly important books, especially right now. I'm so glad there are so many of them. We also want to make sure our bookshelves have plenty of books with diverse characters who are just doing everyday kinds of things, like you said, so that when people read these books, they just see children. And so that we stop seeing the color of skin as a, as a thing. And it, now it's just, we're all just, you know they just see children. So we're going to link to that a whole book list in the show notes. And I was going to mention that we're putting the world is awake on our book list. We have a book list called Diverse Picture Books to Celebrate the Everyday. That's a collection of picture books that just show diverse characters doing everyday stuff. Things like The Snowy Day with Ezra Jack by Ezra Jack Keats, which I just love that book. My hat's off
1: to him. I mean, I have the utmost respect because for those who don't know, Ezra Jack Keats was a white male who published the first ever picture book to feature an African-American character. So of course you know we, we were talking about the the snowy day and there is actually a series that he did, but he saw the need because I think that it's like 1902 when the, they believe the first modern picture book, uh, with the Tale of Peter Rabbit by Beatrice Potter, was published. And it wasn't then until 60 years later, so 1962, um, when Ezra Jack Keats realized, look, we have a problem here. And I love that that he wasn't black, that he was a white person realizing how problematic it was that we didn't have any kinds of Black children represented in children's books. I think that that really just says so much, speaking to the, how large the problem, how problematic it was, and, and just like the shortage. And so, at any rate, I just find that that's so significant. And hats off to to Ezra Jack Keats for for the snowy day.
0: Lindsay, have you seen Andrea Davis Pinckney's picture book? It's a picture book for older kids. So it's called A Poem for Peter. It's basically the story of Ezra Jack Keats and the creation of the snowy day, and it is told like a poem. It's so beautiful. It's definitely wordier. I wouldn't necessarily read it with like a three or four year old. I don't think it would hold their attention. They'd like to look at the pictures, probably. My older kids love it. And I just, it was my favorite picture book of 2017. I just loved it so much. A a poem for Peter. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have to check that one
1: out. Thank you.
0: Well, and I have to say, I love, I can tell, I, I can hear the news correspondent coming out in you because you said, you are totally unfamiliar with the world of children's books, and now you're you're you know spitting out all these like times and dates and. <laughs>
1: yes, that's the researcher in me. Well, you know, I mean, well, part of it was I wanted to see: was this just um, me uh, believing there was a need because the neighborhood bookstores that I was going to, I wasn't finding the books, or was this really still a problem? You know, because I, I was thinking about it. I'm. I grew up in the 80s. I was a child, and and I didn't uh, really collect many dolls or anything but I really wanted a Cabbage Patch kit because that's what you had to have when you were a child growing up in the 80s. And it was, this was before the internet. So this was back when my mom and I would flip through the yellow pages, really dating myself now, uh, to the toy stores in order to find toy stores that had a black Cabbage Patch kit. And it was so difficult to find a black Cabbage Patch kit. It took weeks for us to go. And many times we were like venturing out to the stores, uh, you know, only to be disappointed. And that's what is so strange to me is that now we're talking more than 30 years later, and we still have this same difficulty. And again, this is just so to paint a picture of our bookshelves, we have all kinds of, you know, the kids colors and animals and letters and everything possible, you know, because I'm not just looking for one particular, you know, image for my son to see, I want him to see everything. And so but my point is that it's just been kind of difficult to see everything and and still continues to be and and so you know we're we're making like you know some some improvements here and there
0: but but still have a long way to go. We'll put a link in the show notes so you want to go to readaloudrevival.com and look for episode 90 and we'll also put a link in there to our list of diverse picture books to celebrate the everyday. It's a great list. You'll find The World is Awake has been added to that list as well. Thank you so much for carving out some time to chat with us. It has been lovely to talk with you.
1: I've so enjoyed the time, Sarah. Thank you.
0: Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them.
1: My name is Emma, and I am seven years old, and I live in Georgia. And my favorite book is the Courage of Sarah Noble. And my favorite part is where they play a game about where you get to hide a
0: rock in the moccasin and guess which moccasin it's in.
1: My name is Stephen. I'm four years old and I live in Georgia. My favorite book is The Little Red Cuckoo. My favorite page is when it always came yes. My name is Leela and I'm five. I live from Kyle, Texas. And I love Baybar because it has a queen that has my teacher's name. And also I love Rumbug Grun. Because it has so many stories, and I love to read them. I'm learning how to read, and that's why I love those two books. Hi, my name is Luke, and I am six years old. I live in Ontario, Ohio. My favorite book is Not One, by. Kelly, Kelly Bennett. Bennett. Kelly Bennett. I like a boy on the love tremendous. I he did it like normally in the, in the beginning. Bye! What's your name? Nathan. <laughs> How old are you, Nathan? Five. I live in Perry, Ohio. And I like to a uh, couple of cars But not Norman.
0: Why do you like not Norman?
1: Because the fish is my favorite. (laughs) Bye. My name is Naomi. I'm six years old. I'm from Lansing, Michigan. My favorite book is Millie Molly Mandy by Joyce Lancaster Bristley because Millie Molly Mandy runs everywhere. My name is Paul, and I'm from Lansing, Michigan, and I'm four. My favorite book is Dot the Fire Dog, because Dot Saves the Kittens. My name is Abigail, and I live in Peru, Indiana. I am six years old, and my favorite book is Dark Day in the Deep Sea. I like it because it's got a bunch of adventures, and there's a giant octopus. What's your name? James Kong. I love, I love the Sleeping Beauty. I'm number three years old. Why do you like Sleeping Beauty? Because I like it. <laughs> because I like the dragon. Oh, that's great.
0: Thank you, kids. I always love hearing from you. So fantastic. Hey, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode. You'll find the transcript. You'll find links to all the books I recommended for Easter baskets you'll find a time-stamped listener guide so you can hop around to different parts of the podcast if you wanted to hear particular parts again without listening to the entire thing. That's all found at readaloudrevival.com slash 90. Or you can just go to readaloudrevival.com and look for episode 90. Also, don't forget to pre-order your copy of The Read Aloud Family before March 27th to get access to that video class on how to choose books for your kids. Really excited to get that to you. I just can't wait to get this book into your hands. Hey, I'll be back next week with another episode of the Read Aloud Revival. But until then, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books.